This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios. Speak and be heard. This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom branded apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format printing for signs, as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? You better visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That is 208-467-7468. Welcome back to the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm your host, Debbie, and today we have a very special guest, my friend Valerie Lawrence, She's a registered dietitian nutritionist, and she's a very wise woman and just all around great human being. So Valerie, thanks for being here today. Well, I'm happy to support you, and I love you as a person and a friend. So uh, anything I can do, I will do for you. Thank you. Okay, so this show is about just talking about alcohol, how it affects us, and then giving any like actionable tools, tips, and thoughts. So I thought we'd start out at the basics. So when we drink, how that affects our body and how we metabolize it, which I think is a big deal. And I just want to hear your perspective being a dietitian, like what is going on in our body? So alcohol is metabolized in kind of in a different way than carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. So carbohydrates, just to draw a distinction, um, they're worth four calories per gram. Alcohol's worth seven. Uh, protein is worth 4.2. Uh, fat is worth nine you know, calories per gram. So it, it's heavy in the calories. It's close. To, it's between protein and fats. But when it starts to be metabolized, so it, we start pro, we start breaking down alcohol uh, in our stomach. So that's a first pass is in our stomach. The second part is uh, goes to our brain. It's, it's within it's in your system within a minute and it's also digested within your uh, duodenum in your in your upper intestine and then it goes to your liver and your pancreas also has some metabolic, um, inclusion to that. So your liver primarily is interested in getting this toxin out of your system. And so it, it prioritizes that. It says, okay, I'm stopping everything else, including I'm stopping, definitely stopping uh, burning fat, which is not great news, but it, it says, I've got to bring this down. So if you drink more than one, one drink per hour, you can't keep up with it. It backs up into your bloodstream, and um, it's you just become more and more toxic. And so, when you're drinking, your body stops like breaking down other food, right? 
Yeah, you're not actually just gaining weight or putting on weight or, you know, getting extra calories from the process of drinking extra calories. You've stopped metabolizing other things. If you had food before you started having your alcohol, the minute the alcohol hits your system, that's top priority number one. Yeah, because it's a toxin. Your body's like, uh, this is no good. I need to get this out. This is a poison. Right. I'm going to metabolize it. I'm going to forget about your hamburger and fries for now. Yes. In fact, I think I'll store them. I'll store them <laughs> as yeah. fat. Yeah. As soon okay. as I can, I'm going to because I'm really going to you know, pay attention to this alcohol. Yeah. Which is how you can go from like a six pack to a keg. In um, your stomach. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, I mean, like, I was uh, like, a beer? What, how are we talking about beer? <laughs> I'm talking about your physique. <laughs> yes, yes. It definitely doesn't help the physique. So, what, so what's going on when I, when I used to drink? I used to have this habit where I would start drinking before dinner, and then I, I would instantly not be hungry anymore, I didn't want to lose my buzz, so I kept drinking, um, and I skipped dinner, and then, and and I'm consuming a lot of calories. I mean, we're talking about probably a 40-ounce beer and a bottle of wine, and then by 10 o'clock at night, I'm famished, and I, I will eat anything, and it's usually carbs. It's usually disgusting. <laughs> In the morning, I'll be like, did I do that? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like top ramen with lunch meat and maybe like potato chips sprinkled on so top. So it makes sense that you were uh, craving carbohydrate because what happens when you drink alcohol for a certain amount of time is your blood sugar actually drops. Contrary to pop- popular opinion, which is that alcohol turns to sugar in your system, it doesn't. And it's it's actually just lowering your blood sugar unless you're drinking it in a mixed drink or it's like in beer or wine but straight alcohol doesn't have any carbohydrate in nature it's just calories so uh but you're craving it because you've gone low blood sugar and alcohol is generally an appetite stimulant uh, but you're enjoying the buzz which is dopamine related so then you, you don't want to interfere with that, and you just keep drinking. But then you, at a certain point, your body goes, whoa, whoa, I've stopped making, you know, I've stopped making glycogen. Glycogen is not getting the message to break down and be taken into my body because this priority number one of toxin, uh, getting rid of the toxin in your body, is happening. Okay, and so then when you say glycogen... You mean sugar stores sugar. in your body. It's in your liver and it's in your muscles. Um, so when we don't eat food and it's, the food isn't circulating in our body, then what happens is that uh, glyc- uh, glucagon, which is a hormone, comes around and says, hey, I, d- I need some nutrients here. And so it starts telling glycogen to break down and glycogen comes out of your liver and your muscle stores. And in then it goes back into your basically breaking down, your making your own sugar. It goes into your bloodstream so that your body can do the functions, blink, think, talk, breathe. And uh, so, yeah, so the, then the, can we go to the uh, I need? And it, so that part doesn't work so well because you've got the alcohol. So then you start craving the 
carbohydrates because you need it in your system. So you're attracted to the carbohydrates and you're going to overeat them because the executive functioning isn't there anymore. You turned that off a long time ago. After drink number two, you turned that one off. So. Oh, oh yeah. Zero fucks given. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. would, you know, you eat anything, right? you go to a food truck after the bar, yeah. you go through a drive-thru. Yeah. I need, I want, I'll have. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you're kind of your id takes over, right? So, so that's kind of where because your blood sugar's low, that's where those cravings come in. Yeah, and they're ravenous. You know, you're like, whoa, whoa, I have to, I have to eat something. Yeah, immediately and lots of it. Okay, um, what else is going on with your body? Kind of long term, you know. You mentioned just short term in your body when you drink. Your liver's ah, prioritizing metabolism. I can't even talk. When you drink, (laughs) your liver is prioritizing metabolizing the alcohol. Yes. And that's happening that night. Yeah. Um, But then what happens progressively to your body and your metabolism and Oh, so there there are end products from the metabolism that are toxic, and your body is clearing them. But um, so you have the I'm going to say some five dollar words. You have alcohol dehydrogenase and acetaldehyde al- uh, dehydrogenase, and those work on breaking it down into smaller parts. One of those parts is um, acetate. And acetate is is uh, toxic, and it has an effect on your organs in your body, specifically the um, and the or- it's the organs that process the alcohol, right? So you've got a backup in your liver. You've got um, some extra good poisoning to share with your pancreas, your um, your intestinal tract around your duodenum, and that. And your brain all are affected negatively by being saturated with these toxins in a long period of time. Yeah, so it's not even the alcohol anymore, mm-hmm. per se. It's the it's the chemical, the, the byproducts of breaking down the alcohol. Right. Okay. Well, let's move on to when you do quit drinking. Um, usually, in that first those first couple days, weeks. Those kind of like intense sugar cravings. Like mm-hmm. when I quit drink, I used to say, oh, I don't have a sweet tooth. I, I kind of was like proud of it. Like, I don't really care for cake or ice cream. Um, I'm more of a chips and dip kind of girl. Yeah. <laughs> but. High moral ground there. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm a top ramen with chips on top, Ooh. girl. <laughs> no, but like very the salty. Very yeah, carb, salty. But when I quit drinking, like I got a sweet tooth. I mm-hmm. my sugar cravings were out of control. And now I I do enjoy ice cream. I yes. really do. Yes. So that that's a couple of different things, but the thing that 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 may, brings up for me right away is that you did something pleasurable before. And alcohol and sweets have the same effect on releasing dopamine in your body. Dopamine is that little buzz. Dopamine comes from activities like runner's high, right? Or um, you're watching a sunset or you you see the birth of a baby and you're like, wow, 
it's it's this pleasure hormone or you're having sex and you're saying wow or you're you're um gambling or you're you know you're really looking forward to an event all of those things release dopamine alcohol releases dopamine now you have a deficit right where it's it's five o'clock you feel like changing your state and uh, you're trying not to do the alcohol thing. So what seems good? Oh, gosh, you know what seems good. I think I'm going to bake some brownies or I'm going to have some cookies or I'm going to eat some ice cream. And then you get that same pleasure button pushed, basically. So that's what you're doing. You're seeking pleasure subconsciously because your, your body is used to releasing dopamine at this certain time in this certain way. But now you're not doing that anymore. Yeah, and then having those the sugary treats is is a quicker way to get that dopamine release than running. <laughs> yes, so it, and it's immediate because food's yeah. around us all the time, uh, so it's easy. But the the if you can just take a mindful pause right then, and we say that as if it's oh no big deal. I'm just gonna think first, and then I'm gonna make a wise choice. But we don't always do that. And as adults, we've lost our ability to uh, be childlike with wonder and think of 15 things that we could do that are pleasurable right then that are not harmful to ourselves because we've gotten into this harmful uh, habit for some people. You've gotten into a harmful habit and you haven't replaced it with a non-harmful habit. And as an adult, we like the reason I ever took I took a drink at the end of the day and do, you know, I, I'm much less than I was, but the reason I do it is so that I'll stop working because I can always think of one more thing to do either in the house or the yard or one of my jobs. I, I'm just like, Oh, I could do this one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Then it's nine o'clock at night and I'm like, dang, I didn't have any fun today. <laughs> you know, I mean, not that I don't enjoy my job, but I didn't have that me time or whatever. So if I mindfully pause and I choose something that feels like me time, for me, it's like a bath, piano music, a candle, aromatherapy, uh, a walk outside, or um, journaling is very cathartic. You can you can answer all your questions if you just write yourself a letter. And, or, you know, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things that do make people happy. They forget to take in the sunset or play music for themselves, which, which also release that dopamine. Um, or a mindful snack. Are you truly hungry? Have something that's a balanced carbohydrate and a protein. Something that'll get you through, but doesn't make you feel like eating all of it. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's such a good point because people are drinking for so many different reasons. For mm -hmm. you, it sounds like it, it's a way to shut off. Relax. The Immediate day. relaxation. Yeah, and, it, and it's so quick. And yeah, it does. I mean, for that first 20 minutes, hour, it works. Yep. Um, uncurls your elastin. You literally feel it physically. You're like, mm -hmm. <sighs> however, it's that, sh you know, in the long term, are those couple hours worth feeling like crap? Yeah, no, they're not. And in fact, you're, you know, like I, I speak to people because I'm a, a dietitian. I talk to people about their, their health goals. And so frequently I'm speaking to people about how they can lose weight. So 
alcohol and that have a lot in common. If you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to not drink alcohol, the same thing happens. I want to trade today for tomorrow. Tomorrow, I want to be fit. I want to feel good in my skin. I don't want my pants to feel tight on me. But today, I think I'm going to have a brownie sundae. Or today, I'm just going to have this one donut. Or I'm just going to have one more portion. Or I think I need another pat of butter. Whatever your thing is, right? But you justify why you're postponing getting doing the thing that's going to take you the longer range happiness. We're taking pleasure today to give up our happiness tomorrow. And you make memories um, or you don't make memories when, when you keep choosing that. I mean, I guess I'm saying is nobody ever improved their day by alcohol. You might have a couple of good vacations and that kind of thing, but I don't know anybody that is really improving their day by taking alcohol in because tomorrow is you have to pay the price. Yeah. So some of your suggestions and, and some things you do for yourself or your clients are, are those? Oh, yeah. So so weight loss, kind of lost my train of thought there. But yeah, so for weight loss, uh, you have to take that mindful pause. If you don't stop and say, wait a minute, what are my long-term goals? Does this thing I'm about to do get me closer or further away to my goal? And when you answer, it's further away, dang it, uh, then that's where your choice begins. Doing things on automatic don't help you get the future that you want. You, you don't hope that you'll save some money for the future. You, know, you don't hope that you'll be um, 10 pounds lighter in three months and then keep doing the same thing. Or yeah. keep, you know, <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, hope is not a strategy. Not a strategy, yes. Um, and and it, I mean, we are so, in, our culture is just into instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so difficult. I've, you know, I've found kind of using that sort of mindset where you're saying, for today, I'm going to choose this other option. For today, I'm not going to drink. For today, I'm, I'm not going to have an ice cream sundae. But tomorrow, I can. Yeah, I might. I might tomorrow. I'm allowed to. Because I, I think, and, and maybe you can speak to this, like when you tell people not to do something. Yeah, that's all you want to do. Oh, yeah. It doesn't work. It's not a good uh, strategy for behavior change. <laughs> because it's like, don't think about the pink elephant in the room. It's, it's, you can't stop thinking about the pink elephant in the room. Where is it? Oh, okay. But yeah, if you, if you just omit something or think that you are depriving yourself of something, then that feels bad and we want it more than ever. So it has to really be a choice that you're walking toward. Uh, There's something that I like to choose. It's discipline or devotion. When we're devoted to something like our great health, like, like that future self that you want to be. When you're devoted to that, you walk easily in that way, or certainly more easily than if you're like knuckling down and gritting your teeth and you're you're going to make this happen and you're not deviating from your calorie intake and by God, that, that 10 pounds is coming off. And then you get that 10 pounds off and you're like, whew, that was hard. And the next thing you do is you start creeping back in your old habits because you didn't really change it out of a desire. You just wanted the effect. 
You can do that with alcohol too. You just want the effect of stopping drinking. Okay, I've stopped, I've stopped, I've stopped, I've stopped. I'm kind of tired of stopping. I think I'm going to have a drink. And then you start playing with it again. And then the next thing you know, you're back into your old habit. But yeah, deprivation doesn't work. You have to think about it as this is a choice. There are a lot of techniques. One technique is to um, postpone, like you were saying. Hey, I, I you know, for, for now, I, I'm not going to have it, whatever the it is. But I maybe I'll have it tomorrow. I'll think about it tomorrow. Or I find if I just distract myself for 10 minutes is all. Because the craving is, is like a wave. It comes up, it crests, you want it, you want it, you want it, whatever the it is, and then it breaks. But if you give into it during the rise, you never, you know, you haven't been to the break part. Well, So ride the wave is, is the uh, advice I would give is ride the wave and then make your decision at some other point. So that's one strategy. Also, I, you can liken that to a um, stray cat. If you feed a stray cat, it's going to come back. So the more times you give in to the meow, (laughs) not suggesting that you shouldn't feed stray cats (laughs) because they they are hungry and maybe they need some food. But perhaps you could, you know, it's not the best idea to have a bunch of feral cats in your yard. So uh, likening this to feeding your drink uh, uh, desire or feeding your ice cream desire it, the more you feed it, it's going to keep coming back. Yeah, I've, and that's such a good analogy to remember that stray cat. And then it makes me think of that song from childhood, like, and then the cat came back <laughs> the very next day. The cat came back. Have you heard of that? I don't know that. Okay. It sounds great, though. But it's the same idea. Yeah. It keeps coming back. Yeah. It does. And so if you handle it differently, then you start getting almost a muscle memory of handling it differently, at least handling it with that mindful pause. Ooh, what can I do? Sometimes you just need to like run, literally run out of the house, get away from the trigger thing, whatever that trigger thing is. Breathe some air, take a fast walk, drink some water, you know, whatever it is. Call your friend. Yeah. (laughs) Meet you on the corner. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally change your state because you're, yes. you're kind of in this cognitive loop where where you need to break that. You're in that thought, and then what's coming next? The behavior, and you need to break that feeling. Yep, you've got to break that. That's true. Yeah, those are great strategies. And I was going to go back to where you were talking about where um, discipline versus devotion oh. Um, just kind of goes back to the atomic habits and identity um, and being the kind of person that you want to be. Like, I am taking care of myself. I am making healthy choices. I am a non-drinker. I am sober. Who do you identify with being? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then also with that, it, the difference between I get to and I have to. Right. Yeah. I can choose to live a different life today. I can choose to make a different decision today. And it takes me closer or further away. But yeah, it's it feels good to make a decision from power. Yeah. Instead of habit. Right. You want it to become easy. And habit 
but you don't want your bad habits to become easy, right? And, you know, uh, some people are able to moderate their alcohol, but um, from what I've observed, uh, it's few and far between that are able to have the one drink or the special occasions. I, I aspire to be that person. I, I think it's a great idea in theory, in my mind, it's a great idea. I would also love to be the person who could just have a piece of cake when the whole cake is sitting in front of me on the counter. I'm not that person. I'm not keeping that cake on the counter. It's not a good idea for me. So you have to know what it is for you So and set yourself up for success in your environment and your house and your mind. Yeah. I agree. I mean, going back to that, trying to moderate, which I tried, I tried, it was like the holy grail for me. <laughs> like, gosh, if I can just be that person that just has like two drinks and then they stop. Um, with, I mean, I tried, I gave it a good try Val, yeah. for years. <laughs> well, it's the, I can have zero or I can have too many, right? Those are my choices. Let's see. What do I want? Zero or too many? <laughs> yeah, and and I we you and I have talked about this before where you get into decision fatigue. And mm-hmm. when you are trying to moderate, um you're making so many decisions and rules for yourself. So so when you have made the decision, I'm not drinking today, um then that becomes easy for you. That decision has already been made. You don't revisit it. Yes. Yeah. That's the easiest thing to do. When you revisit it, you're playing with it, right? You're just like, hmm, maybe I will. No, I'm not going to. Uh, But I might. Nope, I shouldn't, though. Well, but what if I had one? You know, you just start doing that whole loop in your brain where you're messing yourself around. Well, what's your advice for people that are kind of stuck in that all or nothing, that perfection as far as food or, um, oh, so as far as alcohol, because that's what we're talking about. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, it applies to food too, right? It does, um, yes. Yeah, where, where it's like, well, I, I didn't drink or I had a drink. I might as well go off for the next week or so. Yeah, or I I've had that cake. Now. Yeah, so what, how, do you, how do you handle that? So, yeah, all or nothing thinking doesn't help you. Uh, The reason it doesn't help you is because you're talking about you only have two choices. You're a failure or you're a success. And uh, you don't pay attention. um, You know, like with Annie and the alcohol experiment, uh, she talks about take 30 days. Experiment. If you drink, do it mindfully. Watch how it occurs, see how you feel. Is that something, you know, after you've been educated, see is that something you want to continue doing, but make a, wi- a wise decision from there. That all or not, so she's not saying, she's saying, she's not saying you're a failure if you've missed a day or two. Whoops, I had a drink on Monday and I had another one on Friday. That didn't make you a failure, that made you a success. You didn't have a drink on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, right? Yes, but we don't pay attention to what we're doing right. We pay all the attention on what we're doing wrong. The minute you feel like you're a failure, it makes you more of one because when we feel guilty, it reduces our power, and then you you do more of the behavior that makes you feel guilty. It's a really slippery slope, and there's almost no way for you to win. So if you stay in the mindset that I'm I'm trying to shape my habits. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to shape my habits. Well, I didn't make a good choice 
at lunch or I didn't make a good choice last night, but I can make a different choice today. And I'll, I feel good about that. Yeah. And, and I think, and, and just to, if you're listening and so you're referring to Annie Grace and the alcohol mm-hmm. experiment and Annie Grace wrote a book called This Naked Mind, which is just really a paradigm shift in how we think about quitting drinking and our relationship with drinking. So if you guys haven't checked that out, check check those resources out. It's fabulous. Changed my life. Thealcoholexperiment.com. Yes, that is the that's a free 30-day experiment. Um and she calls it an experiment, like mm-hmm. you said, um, because that's that whole mindset where we're practicing. Uh, we're get, if you do drink, it's it's data. It's a data point. And you, and you get curious and you learn about it like, hmm, you know, what's going on there? Curiosity can really help lead you out of, of a shame spiral. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I definitely agree. Um, I did the alcohol experiment because I was inspired. Deb and I worked together at St. Alphonsus and I was inspired by her, because she went, I think, did you do a dry July? I did. Uh, it was September 2018. Oh, okay. And so, because I, I remember I watched you, and I thought, well, that's really interesting. I wonder if I should try that. And, you know, I played with that idea for uh, a month, and then I did it the month after that. So I must have had a dry November. <laughs> it was after after yours. But I was so impressed, and I thought, well, that would who would I be if I went... 30 days without, you know, this thing that I just do without thinking. So yeah, I liked that. And I've done dry Januaries and dry Julys. And, um, and I have many more dry days than I do wet days. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I like to think of it as practicing. I mean, you're just practicing this habit. And, and eventually, I got to the point where I just I couldn't even enjoy it anymore because I I knew what harm I mean I had learned so much about what harm it does to your body and your mental health and and I had felt so much better not drinking that I did finally get to the point where I was like I'm done. I just finally like you know what? I'm done and I I don't miss it. I don't. I mean, I do talk about it now all the time. I never thought I'd be that person. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're but, inspiring others. Yeah. And it's just because I'd, I've been on the other side and, and there's a way out. And it, it's just, and it's not that I was like a bad person or hit rock bottom either. It was just, it was making me feel real crappy um, I was definitely drinking more than anyone should be. It wasn't healthy. It was I wasn't being a good role model. And I just not drinking. I say like sobriety is my superpower because I, it's like for me, like I took a pill, like a magic pill uh, that just makes me smarter. <laughs> it was a sparkle pill. A sparkle pill. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just makes everything better. Yep. And and that's for me. And and I I also started this because I think there's so many misconceptions about how we treat alcohol use. Um and there's just so many different ways to go about doing it and so and there's so many different tools. We don't you know, you and I work together in a wellness department and there and we treat 
pre-diabetes, pre-hypertension, um, and we don't treat them all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's so many different ways. There's different medications if that's your route, or are you going to do a lifestyle route? And we identify these um, medical conditions before they get horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully we do. That's the point right. of it. Um, but we don't always do that for our mental health. Yeah, very true. Yeah, as far as um, intercepting, it's you know it's the old ounce of prevention's worth a pound of cure. And yeah, if you can get ahead of some chronic debilitating thing that happens to you, then why not? That's that's a great idea to have a great idea. And you have a really good quote. Uh, something about your health. Your health now, you pay your health. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, so I didn't look up this uh, to say it right. But the young man, there's an old saying, and I'm somebody's going to know it better than me. But the saying is, the young man gives up his health in search of wealth. The old man gives up his wealth in search of health. And I, so I don't think that that's your, I mean, you can do that. It's not a good choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just so, it's it's true. It can be true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you have to think about that future self because you're building it today. Thank you. So this has been so helpful. So much good content, strategies, and just kind of understanding alcohol's role in our body and how we metabolize in it. And then just some ideas of what you can do instead and, and just giving yourself grace. So Valerie, if someone wants to find you, um, be, tell us where they can find you. And Yeah, so I have a private practice in Emmett, Idaho, and uh, it's, it's called uh, So Healthy. It's also known as Nutrition Counseling. I don't know why I have two names, but I do. If you look for Valerie Lawrence, I'm, I'm covered under most insurances, and it's prevention, so it's covered 100%. Um, but rdngalval at gmail.com is my email. And uh, you're welcome to call me, 208-365-8212. And you can also look at healthyval.com. Uh, I have a website there. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I'm so glad you came on. Thank you so much, Val. Yeah, you're very welcome. It was a delight to talk to you. All right, everybody, thanks for listening today. I hope you have a great day. Keep practicing, keep going. You're worth it. This podcast is brought to you by Victory Media. Victory Media is a story of collaboration, creativity, and a cast of enthusiastic experts who believe that marketing is about more than bells and whistles. We know that effective marketing is a potent mix of professional strategy and cutting-edge tactics woven together to create and maintain sustainable, dynamic growth for your business. Together, our team of 17 brings over 168 years of collective experience and expertise with one goal, and that's keeping you ahead of your competition. They are located at 14415 East Sprigo Avenue, Suite number four in Spokane, Washington. Follow them on Instagram at GoVictoryMedia and contact them at info at GoVictory.agency or at 509-624-9659. 
Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm always here for you guys, so please feel free to reach out and talk to me on Instagram at Alcohol Tipping Point and check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. Again, I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, see you next time. Thank you.